630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. It's another week of the off-season off the calendar. If you're counting, now 65 days till game one of the preseason. Speaking of 65, Mark Cordy will join us shortly. Uh, no Elks news this week. Uh, things have been pretty quiet as of late. There was some CFL news to talk about today, though, including the names announced for this year's Hall of Fame induction. Congrats to both John Bowman and Solomon Elamimian. They head to the Hall of Fame in their first year of eligibility. Three other players also named to the Hall, Josh Bork, Lloyd Fairbanks, and Larry Crawford. Former CFL commissioner and former Alouettes president Larry Smith also goes in as a builder. And in the media wing, congratulations to Vicki Hall, who covered both Edmonton and Calgary in her time at Post Media. From TSN, producer John Hines and the late great Chris Schultz, also named to the media wing of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Uh, induction ceremonies are set for later this year. The 2025 Grey Cup was awarded to Winnipeg this week. That and more CFL talk from Derek Taylor of CJOB coming up later in the show. There will be lots of CFL talk in the city next week as the CFL Combine will be held at the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. That will go Wednesday through Sunday with the best draft eligible players here to take part. Elks offensive lineman Mark Cordy took part in 2018 and he remembers it well. Combine in 2018 was great. It's it's a cool experience for a lot of guys, and, and when I've had the chance to talk to them um, about it since, as younger guys go through, um, you create this really cool little. It's almost like a recruiting class that you go through, um, and you know you build this connection with guys that went to different universities around Canada, um, and you you build up a bit of a relationship through the weekend, and then as the season goes, you all obviously through the draft scatter out, and you've you kind of catch up and you follow each other's careers. So um, there's guys I met at the combine that that I still keep in touch with, um, and it's it's a really interesting experience. It's it's like nothing else that these guys have been through before. Um, from the interview process to the physical testing, the on-field stuff. Um, very unique experience, but I think it'll be it'll be cool to see it happen here in Edmonton too. It'll be really interesting. Uh, the the on-field stuff that you talk about, the drills and everything, uh, what's that like? Are there certain events that you don't like and other guys do? I imagine an O-lineman, I'm just going to go out on a limb, say you're not a big fan of the 40. Yeah, you know what? Everybody's kind of got there. Yeah, like the O-lineman don't want to run the 40. The receivers don't want to bench. You know, it's it's always like that. Um, but you know what, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you do it and you do your best in it. And, you know, for me, as much as I didn't like to run the 40, um, you know, it was a chance to show that I'm a little bit more athletic than, than average. And, and that helped me out in the draft process. And, and the on-field stuff is really cool. How these guys get to do one-on-ones this year, they're starting to do sell systems and, and get into that side. So I think it, it'll only help assess guys from the, from a talent side, they can see more of a full picture and um, draft even better. Don't sell yourself short. You had a pretty good 40 as I checked some stats today. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, I probably, you know, probably couldn't run it quite as quick now, but that's okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's on record for the combine, right? That's all that yeah, matters. Definitely. It's kind of weird like that because you can have a, a good combine and be drafted high and not have a good camp and have some issues, or you could have a, a bad combine and be drafted low and have a good camp and, and you're a starter. Like uh, it's important day or important week i guess for guys but still it's all about what you do in may at training camp is it not 
Yeah, and that's exactly it. And, um, you know, it, it happens every year where you have, you know, the Combine's kind of this event that, you know, pushes some people up and some down. And like you said, you'll get some guys that the Combine skews them to be drafted lower than they should be um, and vice versa. And the most important thing is is really, like you said, getting into camp, getting a shot. Um, once you get there and you start getting live reps against, you know, real opponents in camp and get into preseason games, um, you know, that's what really matters to teams and that's what really matters yeah. to players is, is can you perform against real competition? But when you're a kid at the combine, all you care about is making, making, making marks and, and getting attention at the combine, right? A lot of pressure to perform. Exactly. Well, and that's, I think that's all of us that have, yeah, a lot of pressure to perform. And I think all of us that go through that process, um, you know, you want to do the best you can with what's right in front of you um, right now. And so for these guys right now, what's coming up in a week's time is the combine and they'll do the best they can for that. Um, and once it's over, they'll put it behind them and, and go on to training camp. And um, like we said, that's what, what really matters. And, and sorry for the barking dog. I don't know if you can hear him or not. Yeah. but um, <laughs> That's okay. We like dogs on this show. It's fine. Uh, yeah. You planning, you planning to head to Commonwealth uh, to the, to the uh, rec center to watch, take a little bit in. Yeah, I hope so. I want to I want to make sure that I get there and see um, see some of the one on one, see some of the um, you know, I want to see how this implementing system goes. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'd like to see it live. Um, and I know that's happening on the weekend. So um, I think I'm going to make sure that I get over there at some point for sure. All right. How's your off season been? It's been good. Um, loving it. It's uh, it's getting to that point now where it's it may not feel like it for for a lot of fans, but because there's still snow on the ground. But um, you know, we're two months from being on the field at training camp, um, or less than that, um, even shorter to the draft. The combines next week. Like it's the weather starts changing this time of year, and it starts to things start happening fast in the run up to a season. So um, it gets exciting. It's you know, there's a bit of a dog days and that. Um, you know, early January is the season seems so far away. You get now into March and it's, uh, you know, it's starting to be go time pretty quick here. So um, it's exciting. It's, uh, yeah, every year is like this new optimism, right? And and so it's it's a chance to start over and and everybody's undefeated. So um, uh, uh, tied, for, tied for first place is always a good place to be when you start the season, right? Uh, you said it's coming quick. I mean, 65 days from today, uh, you're on the, well, you won't be on the field because you're a wily old veteran. You'll be probably back at Edmonton or whatever, but the preseason starts with that game in Calgary uh you maybe you'll be on the sidelines watching or whatever but it's it, it is coming up fast yeah it's coming quick and, and especially it's going to be even more accelerated this year um we have the first preseason game we're about we're a little bit ahead of everybody else so um even that first week of training camp you know I'm, I'm expecting it to be um kind of guns a blazing from the first day um which will be it's exciting it's it's like right around the corner uh, where are you at in your in your training? Have, are you where you want to be right now? I imagine you guys kind of probably tapered off before the new year and then kind of start to really load up when January hits. And now I imagine you're you're pretty close to peak peak form and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. It's always you know you kind of have this similar cycle of the season ends and you need to sort of you know mentally and physically just kind of relax and and let things settle. Um, and then you, just like you said, you start building up and you know you get to March April time and it's. You know, now you're it's mid March. You're kind of ready to go. Um, if it was up to me, we'd we'd go in the snow and practice tomorrow. Um, and and so yeah, now training wise, it's been great. Feeling good, healthy, um, kind of ready to go for 18 games plus some playoffs this year.
you were part of the big change last year uh, during free agency time. Uh, now you know where you're going to be this year. You sit back and you watch what's going on. What are your thoughts on what you've seen Chris Jones and G. Roy Simon accomplish through free agency? Yeah, it's it's been exciting to watch that happen. Um, that process is every year it's so different um, and teams change so much. Um, you know, it seems like overnight, but it's a, it's a long process for, um, you know, the front office guys. Um, but yeah, I think I'm really excited about it. We've obviously got, um, some really good talent on offense. Um, I think we're going to be an exciting group to watch this year and, and I'm excited to, to be a part of it. And, um, with that, that receivers group, you know, we've Taylor's really come into his own Kevin Brown's back there. Like, um, you know, we'll hold up our end up front and, you know, hopefully I, I get to do a little bit of watching of receivers running down the field 50 yards in front of me. Um, I think it'll be, I'm, I'm really excited for it with the, the changes we've made. I think they'll be really good. Looking forward to it. It's getting close for sure. Uh, Mark, appreciate your time today and uh, enjoy what's left of the offseason. Uh, look forward to talking more with you down the line. Absolutely. Thanks, Morley. When we come back, Derek Taylor from Winnipeg, who has some high expectations for the Elks this year. That's next on the Elks This Week on 630 Chet. Football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks. 630 Chad. There's Cornelius. Takes the drop. Looks and throws and he's going deep looking for Dylan Mitchell down the field. He's got it and walks the dog to the end zone. Touchdown Elks. A new season is coming fast. Elks ticket information available for you at GoElks.com. A program note for you about the show. The Elks this week will be an hour long next week. We'll come to you live from the CFL Combine at the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. Join myself and Dave Campbell from 9 to 10 a.m. one week from today. Checking in now with Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on our sister station in Winnipeg, CJOB. Derek, big acquisition by Winnipeg this week, and that's the big news in the CFL. Great Cup's coming back to uh, Winnipeg in 2025. Yeah, it's it's the perfect time for it to come. One, to have the Great Cup back for the first time since 16. I mean, you know in Edmonton, it just, it's just great to have the Great Cup, period. But two, there's, there's the chance, and I'm just saying there's the chance that is, it is the ultimate topper to one of the great runs in Canadian Football League history. Now, just stick with me for a little bit. Bombers have been to three straight Grey Cups. Zach Kellars has signed through 2025. So, Zach will be 37 that year. What if the Bombers maintain this unbelievable play for the next three years and Kellars is playing his potentially final game as a 37-year-old going for his fifth Grey Cup in six seasons right here in Winnipeg? How amazing does that sound? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, it's exciting. It's got potential. But don't forget, the the 37-year-old quarterback will probably have a lot of 37-year-olds around him as well as uh, the Bombers just keep signing players left and right. But uh, first off, it's a great reward for a great fan base in Winnipeg. Uh, they are the, uh, I don't know if they're self-proclaimed loudest fans in the uh, in the league or not. I know it's loud whenever we go there. So uh, a great fan base. Uh, they deserve this. Yeah, and it would, it's the chance... I mean, there's at least the chance, right, with the way it's going, that there's the potential of, hey, you know what, this this could be a great cup at home, which the Bombers have never won a great cup at home. Teams like BC and Toronto, uh, they've won great cups at home, but there's at least the chance we can 
who knows where we are three years from now, but there's at least the forecast of, well, uh, you know, Adam Bighill, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson, those guys will still be playing age. Maybe they're still around. Brandon Alexander certainly will still be. Kenny Lawler will, you know, if he resigns for 2025, will be of, of an age where he could be, you know, still going strong in that game. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of excitement. And as much as no one, apparently apart from me wants to talk about what could be three years out from now it's 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 exciting to know that uh yeah that, that they've got something to look forward to for guys who are you know in their 20 in their late 20s and maybe maybe it's the end of the career for some of the guys it would be a great way to go out if they could be in a great cup at home yeah they, well they've been to three straight great cups one two of them they certainly have that consistency they certainly have that uh, winning atmosphere and that uh, and that uh, championship bravado uh and and that kind of brings me to my next point i want to talk to you about is is free agency with the bombers everybody just keeps coming back nobody wants to leave winnipeg and i guess the reason is they keep winning nothing succeeds like success right and and that's honestly there's a lot of talk about the culture and what the what the coach ha has built here uh, to me most of it comes from the fact that they get superstars and super duper stars to take less money than they can make on the open market to me that's where it all comes from uh, there were there were stories what was it, in advance of 2019 where willie jefferson could have gone to toronto for all the money in the world and be the highest paid non-quarterback in the canadian football league and he chose to come back to winnipeg jackson jeffcoat is a guy before last season i said if i was a team like the elks i would make him the highest paid defensive player just to get him out of winnipeg but no interest in that adam big hill keeps on coming back right uh Kenny Lawler went away for a year, decided, you know what, I want to come back to Winnipeg. Nothing succeeds like success. And, and to me, that's the story of the Bombers, honestly. Now, I was going to say, the Elks tried that with Kenny Lawler last year, right? They did get him, and, and he fully admitted the only reason he left was for the money, which was absolutely terrific money. Uh, but he's obviously taken a pay cut and gone back to Winnipeg, chance for another ring. Yeah, and th that's the thing, right? Lawler saw that 300, what was it, 305? That's, that's real money, and he... I don't know what his pay cut was, 50K a year of what he could have made. If, if Gino Lewis was making 320, Lawler could have been worth 340 had he really wanted to push some team into getting it. Like, guys are giving up money big time to come back to Winnipeg. And, and to me, that's, that's it. Whatever it was that they convinced these, I mean, we're talking about some of the elite players in the league to, to come and stay in Winnipeg. Whatever that was, that's, that's the magical formula. I don't know that it can be replicated anywhere else. You know, outside of like a Nathan Rourke is back in the Canadian Football League. Let's go play with him. Uh, but it's it's certainly working in the Bombers' favor, and, and it appears to be something they can count on for this season, maybe the next couple. Now, I think the pressure's on Kyle Walters and Michael Shea because they've got over the next few years, I think, have to make some decisions, right? How long is too long to hang with guys? And as Wally Buono used to always say, it's better to move a guy out a year before than a year late because when you move him out a year late, you can't get anything for him, right? Uh, and he always made those moves. He was never shy to move out a really good player as he came to the end of his career. Uh, the Bombers are going to have an awful lot of those decisions to make over the next couple of years, I would think. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like the prudent move there is to just ride it till she bucks you, right? As opposed to what Wally did, just ride it till she bucks you. Go, Stanley Bryant, how long do you want to play? You're our starting left tackle until that day has come. Jamarcus Hardrick, you're 31. Do you do you want to play five more years? Do you want to eventually move to left tackle? What do you want to do? Jackson Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson, you guys are both 31. What do you want to do? You want to play? You want to keep going? Honestly, I would just I would just keep going. I don't know that I. 
I don't know that I would try to finesse anything because we're talking about, I hate to keep beating this drum, but like Adam Big Hill is a truly special player. Like that guy, that cat's going to the Hall of Fame, right? He's going to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame for as long as he wants to go and feels like he's in shape to go. To me, I'm keeping that guy on my team. So uh, they'll make smaller moves and, you know, they'll get, they'll pick up a Dalton Schoen from nowhere. The year before, Dietrich Nichols and DeAndre Alford is now in the NFL. They got from, from virtually nowhere, just from, the, from scouting and, and good fortune. They'll kind of have to work with that. Uh, and just, you know, the Lawler story was another guy. They, they trained themselves and went away and came back. But for me, ride her till she bucks you because this is just few teams, uh, the 70s and 80s Elks, like we're the, we're the last team yeah. that had an era, I guess Montreal, but we're the last team that had an era kind of like the one the Bombers are in the midst of. Yeah, and, and, in, and back going back to the Wally Buono reference, he's he's breaking up a good team. This is a great team right now. Uh, you know, they won back-to-backs. Yeah. They've been to three straight. I don't think Wally had teams like that. And it's a lot easier to, as you say, ride them till they buck you when you're winning Grey Cups along the way and, and going to the Grey Cup game every year. We were talking about the Wally Buono one, and, and Stanley Bryant ended up with the Bombers because Calgary moved on from him, right? Calgary took over the, the Wally Buono philosophy of get rid of a guy a year too early. But they had Derek Dennis behind him, right? They had yeah. Derek Dennis, and they'd, they'd seen Dennis, and Dennis became one of the great offensive linemen in the league, right? And now, uh, like, Calgary, you're, you're probably watching closely too, but Calgary this offseason had a couple of guys leave, but it wasn't the uh, a year too early. It wasn't a year too early for, for Laren Urimalade and Jameer Thurman. Those guys have, like, five years left in them, and they got away from Calgary this time. So that's maybe things are a little different with, uh, with how they do. You move on from Lemon, okay, maybe I get that. But 28-year-olds? Hmm. <laughs> A lot of teams have moved on from Sean Lemon over the years, right? Lived to regret it, but moved on from him, right? <laughs> Definitely regret it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's touch on that a little bit and handicap the West. That's way too early to do so, so that's why we'll do it now because it's way too early and not, nobody going to remember this. Uh, in, in my mind, I think uh, Winnipeg's Winnipeg. Calgary takes a step back. Saskatchewan... I don't know how much better they are. They've got a lot, I think, improvements to do in the room and all that stuff because they had clearly had some issues there last year. I think the Elks will be better. Uh, BC, they've lost some really good players, uh, especially on offense. I think they're going to take a step back. The West could be pretty tight this year. Yeah, I think uh, Winnipeg isn't going to win 15 games again. There were too many one-score wins they got, and those year over year, if you win a lot of one-score games, you're going to win fewer games the next year. So Winnipeg may be 13 wins or 14 wins. They, to me, they're not going to be the same they were last year. But you're, you're right, Calgary, a significant step back in, in my mind, and they need to figure out Jake Mayer. Jake Mayer had the lowest average depth of target I've ever seen in the Canadian Football League and ever tracked in the last seven years. And that, to me, that's you can't, can't make comebacks in the playoffs with that. BC, just from going from Nathan Rourke to anybody else, enormous yep. step back. I, 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 I hate to say this, Morley, because normally I'm all with you ripping on the Elks and how bad everything is. <laughs> the Elks are going to finish second or third in the division. I, I don't see them finishing any lower than third in the division. With the moves they've made, with what Chris Jones does with his defensive scheme and the offensive weapons they've given to Taylor Cornelius and Stephen McAdoo in that offense, the Elks, the Elks are the team on the move. Saskatchewan, I think they've they've, they've improved at quarterback getting Trevor Harris, but they're not replete with receivers to make Trevor Harris 
first goal, right? Okay, Darrell Walker, yes, but it's been three down seasons in a COVID year since he was last a dominant force. Jake Winicky, what was he last year after being touched down, Jake, the previous two years? Sean Bain, okay, he was a depth player in Calgary. He and Schaefer Baker, absolute stud for that Saskatchewan receiving court. Absolutely. But other than that, I don't know what they're going to count on other than short passing Trevor Harris magic. So while I think they'll be better, I don't think they're they're not going to push for 10, 11 wins. I don't think mind. I don't think they've fixed their O line either, uh, which was awful last year. They've maybe made some improvements, and they'll take a lot more sacks with Trevor Harris than they did with Cody Fajardo because Harris obviously is not going to spin away from guys and take off uh, like Fajardo does. Well, that'll be the interesting one for me because Harris Harris is such a, an interesting character based on how he's deployed. There was one of his seasons where he had the lowest sack rate in the CFL in the last seven years. And there have been two seasons where he had two of the five highest sack rate seasons in the CFL, right? If he's getting the ball out super quick yeah. and if Kelly Jeffrey, the new offensive coordinator, first-time OC, says we're getting the ball out quick, okay, they're going to alleviate some of the problems that they have on that front. But if if they're if they're doing the thing that Jason Moss tried to do last year with Cody just linger in the pocket, Harris is getting sacked 80 times, much less the 70 that he gave up last year. You're right. All right, uh, DT, uh, Derek Taylor from uh, CTOB in Winnipeg. Always great to talk football with you. Starting to get excited. It's getting close. Snow's starting to melt a little bit in our neighborhood anyway, so uh, we're looking forward to getting things going soon. Thanks, Can't man. Can't wait for the first Bombers Elks game, brother. That's the show for this week. Thanks to Mark Cordy and Derek Taylor. 9 to 10 next week live from the CFL Combine at the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk more football in seven days' time on the Elks This Week on 630 Chet.